change. We make. He like used to be normal. Jordan used to be the most normal guy I know. Yeah, he got he got rich and then all of a sudden forgot all his little people. It's those that's that Patreon money, man. You know, <laughs> he got too big for his own britches. Hello, it's Brigham Young Money, and it is Kyle here with Jordan and Greg and our friend Angela. Hello, all of you. Angela, say hi first. Hey, everyone. There we go. What up? <laughs> How are you doing specifically, Angela? I know how these guys are doing. They're they've been miserable to be around for the last ten minutes. So, how are you? Our weekly. I am, um, what is the word? It's like lower than pessimist. Like I'm lower than that right now. Uh, <laughs> nihilist. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the show. Yeah. Is it? But it's somewhere between nihilist and pessimist. I assume. Yeah, I'm just not optimistic on anything, but. Pessinile. Um, that's, okay, that's, that's, that's the, sure that's the word of the point, day. At a certain point, that's just misanthropic. So yeah, what's something we can all think together and like? Well, what's something we can be optimistic about? It was really nice today, and I spent all day outside. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah. gorgeous. Weather was great. It's like 60, um, 68 and sunny all day. It was we're going to go around and everyone say something that you're thankful for. <laughs> uh, Jordan, the Thanksgiving Jordan, episode. Yeah. Jordan, what are you thankful for? I am thankful that... Fuck, I don't have anything. Okay, Angela, what about you? <laughs> What's the one thing you're thankful for? Um, Miami football? Wait, like, like NFL? I don't know. No, I no. mean, the Dolphins yeah, are pretty one. good right now. Yeah, okay, the let's just, just the like the city. Uh, yeah, it could be either okay, one. I let's guess. Let's just say, and I'm very miserable about college. So let's just say NFL. Yo, I yeah. saw that. I didn't watch that game, but I saw a TikTok that showed me what happened in that that one game. You know, what I'm talking. You know what game I'm talking yeah. about? That was yeah. uh, that was crazy. It's, I watched a lot of college football through TikTok. I'm thankful for TikTok. Oh yeah, Mario Cristobal. We we love him. I watched like half of that Colorado State uh, Boise State game through TikTok. So thank. Let's nice. see. I'm thankful for Utah State liquor stores. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful uh, the, for the button yeah. that says "sign out." Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's halfway. We're a little over halfway through October. It's been a phenomenal month. It's, it's been, been really. Great. It's been very. It's been a very aesthetically pleasing month in in Utah. I guess that's one thing. Me and the rest of the uh, aspiring influencers in this state are very grateful for how many fall pictures they've been able to take. I will say, I was uh, taking some photos of some some trees, like I do. Uh, like a week or so ago mm -hmm. and there were people taking photos like a couple's photo shoot and they had pumpkins on their heads oh sick and yeah we right which is a pretty normal thing but one of the the girl in the couple with the pumpkin on her head was having like a claustrophobic panic attack inside oh no <laughs> inside the pumpkin head that's <laughs> and quite she, funny like, kept it was really difficult to watch the trees are really pretty though but um if that girl's listening to this, I'm sorry that your partner was making you put the pumpkin head on because you did not look like you wanted to put the pumpkin head on. That's very funny. So, I, I mean, all of us have some sort of sleepy hollow fetish. I mean, come on. Sure. That's so true, man. That's so true. Well, all of this is kind of to say that we don't want to talk about. It's like I want to I have a bazillion things I want to say, but also nothing novel. I have no, I, no good. I have no like interesting things to say about like what's happening in Palestine and Israel. So, um, but I will say that Jordan has 
I mean, earlier he was he was hyping us up quite a bit, and so I'm excited to hear. It. But he's he he has the bravest, most daring take anyone's yet to have on the situation. And I think I'm going to turn the time over to you, Jordan. Take it away. Thank you. It's going to make a lot of people mad, but you know, people need to hear it. The ultimate truth of the Israeli-Palestine conflict is. That's the bravest thing I've ever heard. Uh, I've never been more proud to uh, share a podcast uh, and a Zencaster Zoom meeting with a troop. I yeah, it, it I felt good to say. That. I'll be honest, it just felt yeah. good to say. Yeah, it was pretty incredible, and I'm just thankful Angela was was able to be here with us for that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in tears right now. Like I'm emotional. Thank you, Jordan. Yes. I have that I, I, effect yeah. sometimes. Wow. Anyway, so what's new? Yeah. So we, uh, I mean, the main the main reason that we wanted to have Angela on, other than to be witness to uh, the greatness we've just encountered from Jordan, was to talk about the uh, the mayoral. <laughs> Sorry, it's so funny to me. Uh, for, uh, former guest and of, of the pod, Rocky Anderson is running in. Uh, he's challenging incumbent Aaron Mendenhall. Um, and there's a socialist guy running too that owns a cider shop, I think. Yeah. What's his, uh, Michael Valentine. Valentine. Yeah. He seems to just be like a Rocky guy now. So yeah, that was a weird thing where it's just like, all right. So since we have ranked choice, vote me one Rocky two, and then don't vote Aaron Mendenhall at all. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, great. So we've got this race coming up. Remind me when the election is, Jordan or Angela. Isn't it like December now because they pushed it all the way back because of the uh, special election? Mm-hmm. It's the last Tuesday of November. The last oh. Tuesday. Such a random yeah. time for an election. Su- super-ish Tuesday. <laughs> so, okay. So we we had Rocky on this podcast at least a year ago at this point, it's been, right? It's been well over a year, yeah. I think it was last summer, like summer of 2021 yeah. or two or whatever. Um, and it was an, it was an interesting conversation. Uh, he, he kind of is like a, he's kind of resistance pilled. Um, he talked a lot about, he, I seem to remember him talking a lot about Trump, right? Yeah, he he. That was around the time that he was really pushing Evan McMullen hard too, which oh in retrospect is right. very funny. That's right. I I forgot about. It. That's why that was like the contentious part of the like. He, yeah. Okay. I'm remembering now. Yeah. So he was he was an Evan McMullen guy, um, and of course this is uh, also former mayor of Salt Lake City, uh, Rocky Anderson. So he's challenging again, and his whole big thing has been about dealing with the issue of homelessness as he describes it as in a, as a compassionate solution uh for homelessness um i got a lot to say on this but i'm curious i mean any other ground setting uh, that we want like that for him that seems to be the big angle on how, why he's going after in mendenhall the way he describes downtown um is he speaks about it very harshly but like that's his angle of trying to get um to attack Aaron, because I mean, they're both just, you know, liberal people. Rocky is a little weird because he doesn't really come from 
uh, Democratic establishment, local or larger scale than that. He's got he's got a bit of a weird political background. Um, he's an he's an, an attorney by trade. Famously fought Deloy Hansen outside of a courtroom. Um, <laughs> which did we talk about that with him? We did. I, yes, it was yes. Very offline. Funny. We talked about that. We didn't really oh, talk that about wasn't it. Wasn't on pod. Yeah, it didn't, oh, it didn't make the show. Okay. But yeah, I forgot. Um, but uh, yeah, Angela, give us your thoughts on how you see this race. Like, who? What's what's at stake here for the great Salt, this great city of of Salt Lake City? Okay, so I guess I'm just going to speak as Angela, the person, because Please. I am involved in like some organizations. Um, this is going to sound terrible. My biggest takeaway from the debates is that we just need more community mutual aid because we don't have any serious people running for mayor. Like that, I like, yeah. I know that sounds terrible, but yeah. like, I like, I don't, I don't see how you can like, okay. First of all, I don't see, if you live in Salt Lake City, right? I don't see how you can be like, oh yeah, the city's moving in the right direction because mm-hmm. it's not. Like, I, and I'm not trying to like, but the way Rocky Anderson describes it, I'm like, yo, I can walk outside my apartment at two o'clock in the morning. Like, I feel perfectly fine. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, like, that's, that's perfectly said. Yeah, like there's not shit on this. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I'm supposed to care. No, but there's please. not like feces. <laughs> we are not- a profanity-free podcast here. Yeah, How do you want me to do a podcast where I can't cuss? Yeah. But but there's not like feces and urine and all this. Like I can, I get like I live in downtown. I don't live too far away from Jasmine. Like I can walk at two o'clock in the morning to go do something outside. Yeah. And then the the third candidate who's running, I wish I could support him, but it's just it's a bit too much um, just on multiple levels to say kindly. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not super familiar with with his his whole thing. Um, I've just I've seen some posts and I'm just it's it's a very post heavy uh, campaign. Yeah, that's um, that's about the most um, the best way you could probably describe yeah. that. And, and like, you know, God bless him. <laughs> good, good, good for good for getting after it. That's that's good. But yeah, so. One thing, like you mentioned, the way that Rocky again, he's he's a seventy-two-year-old man. Um, he's he and and like he has like the the liberal beliefs of like a seventy-two-year-old man who's uh, um, done the work that he's done. But like the way he talks about Salt Lake is the way that you'll hear like Fox News talk about like San Francisco or you, whatever. You would think we live right. in fucking RoboCop. Yeah, it's it's pretty like you can absolutely I feel like there's definitely an angle to if you're trying to hit Aaron Mendenhall from the left on providing like social programs, um, housing, like which is compassionate, like his whole thing. He's he says we're compassionate a lot, but the way he describes everything is very not rhetorically to the left of yeah, of, no. of Aaron at all. I mean, and not at all. I mean, even I mean, if he wants to provide, even if in his brain, he's like, I'm and and like, quite honestly, maybe like his, the, his policy positions, like probably are to the left of, of Aaron Mendenhall. And I don't, I don't doubt that, but he really needs to figure out how to talk about this in a way that's yes. not so insane because the other day, what, okay, I got to find that post again. He, um, Okay, so he he uploaded. 
Oh boy. Um, it's always fun when you dig into the email transcripts on things. I do. I do just really quickly want to reiterate something that's really bothered me about the, the campaign. And I think touches on what we're talking about here and the rhetoric that is coming out of the Rocky campaign of like, there are very serious gripes that we've talked about a lot. You can go back and listen to our episode we had with Jacob about the urban planning of Salt Lake. Uh, there are a lot of, very valid gripes about what's going on in downtown Salt Lake and the and the direction that it's headed. Uh, mostly that uh, Aaron Mendenhall has given carte blanche to developers, and it's you know slowly eroding any sort of culture or eccentricities or like things that made Salt Lake unique, uh, while also just pricing people out of the city as as rents continue to skyrocket. But that's not the angle that. Or, or the picture that, that Rocky's painting, which I think is a huge miss in that he's painting downtown as this like horrible hellscape. Like it's like every conservative, like Fox News pilled grandpa's idea of what a downtown is. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And it's like it's it's to me, it's fundamentally dishonest because like you said, Angela, like you can go out on any street in Salt Lake and be just fine walking around. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. So, okay. So he, he tweeted this video of Aaron Mendenhall talking about, you know, Aaron, the, the way Aaron talks about the city seems to really paint over the existence of any <laughs> of like any people in need, which is an angle I think makes sense that she would take based on uh, her personal interests and also the actions of her administration. Uh, you know, what, <laughs> There are certain things that she's done to uh, to certain encampments um, through the city that, like, of course, she wants to paint this this picture that's the complete opposite of Rocky. But like, so Rocky tweets out this video of Aaron basically talking about he, he's he's got Twitter blue or whatever it's called and X premium or whatever, and he's it just keep po- keeps posting like walls of text. Um, he ran out of space. <laughs> So he uploaded or he links to a PDF that's on his website, which oh, is no. emails that he's been sending to the mayor. Um, there's 34 pages. A bunch of those pages are images. But he like this is a PDF on his website. And he's just got like pictures of people like shooting up people like sleeping on the street. Jeez, um, it's like really rough photos. And this is on his website. And like the way he's viewing this is that he's documented like all this stuff. So he's proving that like, hey, all these people need help. But then if you just control F and search for the word filth, um, you just like don't want to be speaking about people in a way that you're using the word filth like repeatedly, even if like, yeah, he's like somebody, you know, doesn't have access to clean water, um, you know, describing people (laughs) in this way and like publicly sharing images of these people is like not okay. Um, There's a, there's a much better way to be talking about this than the way that he's been going about this. And, you know, even in these emails, he's like, I've read through some of them. Um, It's kind of bizarre, but he, he does talk about like the, the need for permanent housing and like, services for these people. And it's not just, you know, it's not like access. It's like literally providing like we need to be providing these things as as like a basic human right. And I I know like it seems like he understands that, but then just rhetorically, he is just on like another planet with how he 
is describing these people and it turns a lot of people off like oh yeah because i I mean think about it for a second like too like as like as leftists ourselves like we really believe in social and economic justice like everybody has to have a chance and everyone has sort of inherent humanity to themselves that deserves to be respected and yeah and when you talk about people in these dehumanizing terms what you're saying is they're not worthy of that type of justice yeah it's less than so yeah, he removes he removes the humanity from them. And like that's like I don't think in the, the other thing is like I don't think people realize it is very easy to become homeless in this state. Like it's mm-hmm. not like extremely we yeah. have like no social safety nets. You can literally be evicted if your rent is three days late. Like Kurt Colmore can ruin your life. Like this isn't yeah. like like yep. it's so simple to become that. And it's just like and that's just like the way that he removes the humanity from these people in order to like have a talking point is kind of disgusting. Yeah, oh, it's, absolutely. It's it's really brutal to read. And yeah, to your point, we, we've talked about them before, but the Colomores, um, they're essentially they're they're attorneys who represent like every apartment or like uh, more corporate apartments and landlords just in general across the state. Um, the father started there is, is like the partner at the firm the son is also an attorney but he's also a state representative i believe yeah he's a state senator state senator perfect um so that's probably fine um and then like not to mention that like i don't know what what percentage of the people in the house and senate uh in our state um are real estate developers themselves <laughs> of some kind so yeah. um yeah to your point angela there's like zero tenant protections here um, so that's one thing uh, layered on top of how expensive housing is and how expensive housing continued to get and how much it increased over the, since, especially since 2020, like percentage year over year is just absolutely absurd. Um, when between I lived in this place in 2020 until 2021. And when it was time for my lease to renew, they were trying to raise my rent $800 in just a single year. So, um, and I had the, have the the fortune of having a steady job at that point, but like so much, Oh, I mean, okay. So we have the lack of tenant protections or anything like that, but then also, uh, job protections as well. Uh, living in a right to work state, like every, if you don't have like a support system here, like the, the and you don't have like savings or anything like that like the line it's be like become uh, of becoming homeless is extremely thin and it's a tenuous situation for a lot of people and especially as like there's been a lot of reporting lately about how american savings um is at a lower point now than it's been in uh, a very very long time including during that first year of the pandemic so yeah um, what's the what's the stat like the average uh, american cannot uh, for like a four hundred dollar emergency, uh, yeah, four hundred dollar emergency. Yeah, it's terrific stuff, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So all these things layered, it's it's frustrating to hear Aaron basically be like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter," and then know what her like. There's no, there's, there's not really any issues. I, um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you look on Twitter, and everyone's like, and they're really pulling the like America is already great card. It's yeah. literally just the Hillary Clinton thing. Yeah. It's like, it's already great. There's no issues. And it's like, can we not? And I like, again, bless Mr. Valentine's heart, Michael's heart. Um, but he like, seems like a nice guy. Yeah. See, probably, yeah. probably great. Uh, 
but like to have the the two candidates who are one of the two candidates who is going to be elected basically being on either end of like the hellscape versus heavenscape that we live that <laughs> and i'm just like I, I don't know man um but I it, mean, I, uh, yeah anyway even then too is like you can look at metrics too for for how safe the city is too under like Aaron Mendenhall too. Like if the city was as great as she says it is and under her tenure as mayor and all that police spending probably wouldn't have gone up from 70 million when she took office to 110 million now. Right. That's so, that's so psychotic. (laughs) So much money. (laughs) How long has she been mayor now? It's it's, Uh, it's, four years. Four years. Yeah. Um, 10 million a year. Yeah. So that's, that's good. But I mean, we, we've talked about this before. Um, Aaron is married to someone who's a real estate developer. Is that, that's correct? Yes. Right? Okay. I, I don't remember his name. He also used to be a city councilman too. Yeah. There's just, I don't know. And, and like the other, the other part of that is like, if you look at downtown and just how it's changed over the last like five years of how many different parts of the city have been, um, gutted in some cases seriously uh literally set on fire in other cases just bulldozed to build but um, hey we have we're five years away from being austin (laughs) we have a a lake on state street where the sears used to be that's a beautiful lake what should we name that lake um (sighs) wait what are they are they building a hospital there yeah they're putting an ihc building i don't know if it's a hospital it's gonna be something it's gonna be the headquarters Oh, oh, terrific. Just, yeah. just offices? Or? Just offices. <laughs> Another okay, so monument just... to neoliberalism in the middle of our <laughs> fair city. So, I mean, uh, we can we can take this conversation in any direction from here. But, I mean, I'm curious who you all think. I mean, Angela, I'm, I'm curious as well from, like, the organizations that you're involved with. Like, do, is it looking kind of likely that Rocky's going to win? You guys, I, I I wish I can uh, publicly say some things that I've heard, but I can't. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. But I, I I will say this: I think that, and I think this is this is public information. Um, it's it's alarming how much money Erin has fundraised for a mayoral race. I think she's almost she's around I think seven hundred thousand dollars, which is wild. Um, to just to see that. Um, and I, I have heard whispers from some people that the initial thought was because she's such a good fundraiser, she assumed that she'd have this in the bag. Um, but it's not looking that way. I can see either or winning. I can see it being a landslide and I can see Rocky winning just because of his language and rhetoric. Um, but, and the other thing that is alarming to me is how every single Democrat is like falling in line, you know, to oh, yeah. endorse her and fully support her. Um, the because, rank and file is doing its job for sure. Yeah, and it's so it's so weird because four years ago everyone endorsed Luz, like right. all the elected officials endorsed her. And there's I I, I personally have like I don't personally dislike her because I don't know her. I've met her and talked to her a few times, even though I'm pretty sure she mixes me up with other black people, uh, like <laughs> everyone does. But like <laughs> but, but um there are just so many black people in salt lake it's hard yeah. to keep everyone straight listen i'm i'm one of two people I'm, I'm like and one of them has not lived in salt lake for three years and people still call me this woman's name so um, oh my goodness so yeah i i i'm 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 not i don't know who's gonna win but i won't be shocked if she wins in a landslide uh just because okay. of like 
her support and the people who are backing her. But like people who like, it's like, I don't know, like, it just feels like there are people who are just like, girl, you are lying. This city is not what you are saying. Like we're like, we literally live here. Like we work here. We like, you know, so it's it's just been this weird thing to see. So. Yeah. I think like from what I've seen for the most part too, and and I'm just going off of like the, the Bill Mitchell, (laughs) the ground game is in our heart sort of politics too, where everywhere I go in the city, I see Rocky signs everywhere. I've seen like three Aaron Mendenhall signs. And for someone who is this like fundraising, like dynamo to have like zero on the ground support, that would raise alarm bells with me. Cause it, it, it just feels like, yeah, she's she's breaking in a lot of money. And if you go into like the public disclosures for the city too, like 90% of the people who are like maxing out to her are like involved in real estate in one way or another too. Like they're all alpha con, uh, either speakers or attendees. Well, I mean, you have like people like Brad Bonham and his wife who are like maxing out to Aaron Mendenhall too. And a guy who tried to be like Republican, like national committee member for the state right. probably doesn't have the city's best interests at heart compared compared to like, say, any sort of like progressive policy that a Mendenhall or uh, administration would do. So, I mean, it's anyone's game. That's the only thing you can really say. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, I read recaps of the, of the debate. I didn't watch it. Um, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I, (laughs) I I don't know. Like one of the things that's always brought up about Rocky is how combative he is. Um, Angela, do you think that's like an, an illegitimate issue or is that just like something that is just kind of just brought up as, as just a political point? I am so glad you asked me this question because to me, I think that's his strength because I like she made this point quite a bit and people who have endorsed her have also made this point quite a bit. I don't think we should celebrate someone and I apologize if this sounds terrible. I don't think we should celebrate someone for kissing the legislature's ass yeah. to get money. Amen. <laughs> Cuz like that's not like to me like you bending the knee so the le- like the state legislature can do anything for the city because of the way they like cities are organized in this state. So, you know, she made a point during the debate to say that she's gotten the most money out of the state than any of her predecessors. And people also forget she was on the city council, too. And she said when she was on the city council, she said that people didn't like work. She said people on the Hill would say they didn't like they're doing this to spite them because of Rocky. And I'm like, these are the people's ass you want to kiss. Like, this isn't like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that just shows like how different my politics is. But I'm like. Like, this isn't something you should be proud of. Like, this is something we should shame these people on the hill for. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's something it, it's something that comes up in like national politics too. this whole like being able to get things done or whatever. Um, but if it, if it is just you bending the knee to like the worst people in the room to say you've been able to get things done. um. Like, what are you really accomplishing? Like, if, if if you were an easy person for the Republicans to work with, like, uh, that doesn't sound like a good thing to me. Um, and that was kind of the impression I got of him when he I think he probably thinks of I, I don't know if he would describe himself as combative. I think he thinks he can work together with people, which um, I don't know. His record as mayor was was interesting, but like, um yeah, that was something that she hit him on 
quite a bit. Like the quote was um, the ability. Oh, so she was uh, talking about his his style of governing is unproductive. Quote, the ability to be open and accessible, she said, is really hard when you're a combative person and you're burning bridges all over the place. Mendenhall said she knows the relationships that are required to govern City Hall, how to disagree productively, and can work with state lawmakers to deliver results in Utah's capital. Um, Uh, I think it should also be like asked, like, what is she getting from the state for this, too? Like, because I mean, like the biggest amount of money like the states provide to like Salt Lake City in like the last couple decades or so is probably Operation Rio Grande. And all that was was cops. Right. Well, and that's what I I would like to know as well. Like, what is she delivering on? Because I'm still waiting for like these big things because, you know, all I've really seen Aaron Mendenhall do is like, I don't know, turn my favorite uh, uh, music venue into a condo plex and give cops a raise. So like, what does that mean? She's had four years and I just I haven't seen much of anything Except for like this, the the city I love uh, continue to be more and more expensive and more and more dull. Yeah, and one of like the the points that came up in the debate was this like property. Is it Ville or Via Via sixteen fifty nine? Was this like development project? Um, and it, it was essentially a plan to renovate the Ramada at sixteen fifty nine North north temple yeah um and from what it sounds like uh you know aaron flaunted like you know their investment into all of these properties or these these deeply affordable apartments um at this property and through like a weird thing where like the developer supposedly backed out of, of providing some stuff and whatever happened essentially her claim of of um getting 434 permanent units um, had like diminished substantially. So I'm not, I'm not even clear like what, what the, what that actually um, resulted in. About that. It it was 190 units inside that Ramada that was supposed to be like deeply affordable apartments for, for chronically homeless people. Okay. Like you were supposed to just turn this hotel into an apartment complex for homeless people that actually have permanent housing with it. And the developer backed out of it, too. And no one decided to tell Aaron Mendenhall until about like late September after the debate and everything. So mm. she got caught flat footed by saying like, oh, um, so I didn't provide all those housing units, yeah. like I said. So, and, yeah. And Rocky's response to this, to his credit, was that why do we have to have a developer do this? Why can't the city own this? Mm-hmm. Why can't the city run this? And why can't the city develop it itself? And honestly, those are good questions, because if we have to rely on developers for any sort of progressive change in the city when it comes to real estate, when it comes to homeless policy, when it comes to building units of housing for deeply affordable rates for 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 people who are on like the edges of society, we're going to be waiting forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So her her claim was that um, the 434 units that she had um you know, that their administration had helped get created, included 300 units that were supposed to be at that that Ramada and all of that, um, as you mentioned. Yeah, and uh, I work somewhere <laughs> nearby that Ramada too. I drive by it like at least once or twice a week. And there's been a chain link fence around it for like the last two years. 
Yeah. Um, and apparently the developer said that he decided to sell his rights to lease the site more than a month ago. Um, so, yeah, but it, I think that's a really good, great point. And um, I mean, at one point, uh, as a result of Rocky's previous administration, we were touted as a good example of how to have how to create public social housing for people. Um but yeah, having to re- rely on developers for this kind of thing, who of course are would do this as a way to turn a profit. Um, when that profit diminishes, they cannot be relied upon. So. No, they, they take <laughs> off at the first time because I mean, like, and the unspoken thing when it comes to all of these things, when it comes to building new buildings or apartment buildings, the same two tone building you see fucking everywhere now, mm-hmm. is that. You have to you have to bind the delusion that somehow developers don't want to make money off of these things in order yeah. to actually for the private for the public good. Like it's it's impossible. Like you're never going to build yourself out of out of the sort of structural problems we have in the city as long as you have to rely upon developers to do it. And like people seem to like uh, think this is some sort of like nimbyism or anything like that, and it's not. I want housing to be built everywhere. I have no problems with housing being built everywhere. I have problems with people making money off it like a fucking vulture. Yep. Yeah. So another thing that came up during the debate was um, these, the issue with the bees, um, the Salt Lake bees, um, the minor league baseball team is, is, being moved to a new stadium that they're building for them out in Daybreak. They're owned by Millers. the Larry H. Miller Group, which, which also, also owns Daybreak. So Daybreak. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a point the Rocky said, uh, the, the quote was, um, "Utah's capital may have been able to keep minor league baseball Salt Lake Bees from leaving this for the suburbs if the experience in the ballpark neighborhood had not been so quote devastatingly awful." Um. Yeah. So what are your what are all your thoughts on on the bees leaving? Because this has been I mean, this has been quite quite the saga. I don't I personally don't think there's anything you could really could have done to stop the bees from living. Steve Starks, CEO of the Miller organization, lives in Daybreak. They own all of Daybreak. And well, they own the new parts of Daybreak and are trying to obviously increase the value of the land and properties out there. So they have that incentive to do um, to do this. I don't think necessarily this was a result of any conditions in the ballpark neighborhood. Um, I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? Um, generally, when it comes to the bees, and this kind of tails into a bunch of the other talk about the other sports franchises in Salt Lake and all that too that they had during this debate, is that first of all, the the bees are leaving because they're trying to lure a major league baseball team here. Like that's yeah. Far yep. none. Like 100%. it's not about keeping the team here. Like they're they're moving it to daybreak to clear up space for an MLB team. And second off, like I mean, MLB team that would also that could potentially include like the Miller's involvement as well. I know it's yes. like a Ryan Smith thing, but yeah. Yeah. And second off, like the talk of all the sports franchises too, like they brought up the jazz and about the, the possibility of the jazz leaving downtown and uh, Aaron Mendenhall hit Rocky Anderson about Real Salt Lake leaving, um, leaving Salt Lake City to go to Sandy and all that as well. And which I, I thought was funny. The thing that I took away from that is and it's you can extrapolate that in the way that city government's been running and the way that these people 
will run city government is mm -hmm. that Aaron Mendenhall is more than willing to give a billionaire a tax break, uh, any sort of incentives to keep the things the way they are there without upsetting anyone. Now, if the Jazz decide to ever lose Salt Lake, I don't care. Bye. I don't want to give any sort of money, any sort of incentive to keeping a basketball team in, in downtown if it comes at the expense of the public interest. And that's the same thing with Major League Baseball, too. Like, I could not give a shit if a team moves into Salt Lake City if it means that the public coffers get emptied just to make sure that there is a downtown development. We get our own version of Wrigleyville or whatever. It's just not good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> with that point in particular, it, it was kind of just both of them, I, I guess, agreed to, to, to disagree. But the way, again, <laughs> the way Rocky just describes describes these areas, um, it's just it's just painful to read and listen to. Um, I don't know why in his brain he can't separate the description of you know, human suffering away from like the quote experience of, of people like around them. It reminded me of when, um, the, the vibe it gives me is like when Fox news went to Seattle to like interview random people about how hor horrifying Seattle is or whatever. And oh, they were trying right, to find right, people right. on the street. And there was that woman that was just like, Oh, you had to see someone shooting up from your car. Oh, that's so sad. Like that's, that must be so hard for you. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's it, a vibe. It's really it what me. it is. Right. And also to that point too, like what else was Aaron Mendenhall supposed to do about the ballpark area? They already do hotspot policing there, which means they just fill the district with as much cops as humanly possible. And <clears throat> I'll never forget this. Get Gephardt, the website, like offshoot of whatever get get part was before did like a article where they just did a ride along with these sort of like hot spot policing units that were just in ballpark. And like most of the crimes that they actually went after were just crimes of poverty. Like they just right, went yes. after broken windows things because they had nothing else to do there. So like, what do you do with a place like daybreak or not daybreak, but a ballpark where, you you can throw as many cops at as humanly possible, but you're uh, as long as people are in the miserated state, you're not going to fix anything. I think this is like the problem with like a lot of municipal level government as a whole is like the solution to everything is more police. Right. Like, and it's like um, someone said something really great in an interview I was listening to today is when we look at a situation, we have to figure out how did it get to this point? And it's like, but like people don't do that because that requires real work, real work. So it's just like, yeah. So it's just like, we just hire more police. And it's like, how is that fixing the societal issues we have? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's just weird. It's, it's dumb. We're going to fix all of our public problems by having more guys just sitting in a cruiser in a church parking lot playing Candy Crush. Right. <laughs> man yeah and 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 like all the things is specifically in salt lake that have led to certain conditions for people like you know closing shelters and then just upping the police budget and then being like like oh it's so dangerous it's so horrifying we need more police uh, you said 40 million increase in four years yep mm -hmm. okay <laughs> like that's great um yeah man and and like the other thing that's just hard is like 
we're on a pretty similar trajectory as a lot of different places in this country as a whole. So it's, um, but there are things I think, uh, I think it's Houston in particular that, that has done a really good job with like free public housing for people. Like there are models for this kind of thing, but when, you know, we get compared to, you referenced to earlier Jordan as being like just a few years behind Austin or whatever. Like that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't like that. No, that that was our conclusion. Me and Greg talked about that. It was like, yeah. that's the worst possible thing that could happen to this city. And just to your point too, I mean, it, it really says something that the most progressive policy that seems the most realistic to happen is just setting aside a, po- a plot of land where homeless people can be unmolested by police and anyone else. Yeah. Like that's the most progressive thing these people can come up with right now. Which yeah, is, I guess that's a that and you kind of were ambiguous a little bit about that, but that is an actual plan that like a legal outdoor camping area for homeless people. Yeah, just to essentially just setting up an area where you're like, you know, cops can't hassle you if you go there, but also you have to stay away from all the businesses. Right. Yeah, Thank we you. won't we won't demolish this with like bulldozers like we did last time and the time before that. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's not great. And Angela, you said at the beginning it'd be great if we could get like a serious, <laughs> a serious uh, candidate <laughs> for for this race. It'd be great if we could get a serious candidate for a lot of races. Uh, yes. It's kind of funny that I don't. Well, funny is not the right word, but I it I, I, that's like the only emotion that can really come out of me when I think about some of this stuff. If I don't want to be sad, is like. Uh, Good people in races here is pretty. It's pretty few and far between. Um, so, Angela, tell us how we can fix it all. <laughs> what, do we, what do we do? In two minutes, go. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I... one thing I have. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but like earlier, we talked about ground game. Like, do any of these candidates believe in ground game? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, the ground game for if anyone runs on the county level, like for next year, most of their ground game is going to be uh, by billboards. Like that's like literally like the ground game people use uh, here. I, I, we're such an unserious uh, <laughs> like level of politics in this state. But um, so you guys, I wish I can be optimistic and be like, we need to do I know. this. We're but below I think, pessimistic like, right I mean, now. Yeah, I I. I think the best thing, you know, I think last year I had a severe uh, housing situation. I think some of you all know this. Yeah. And I, I had to pay at least, it was around $6,300 <laughs> to not have my life ruined uh, by uh, the big uh, boogeyman here. And I just remember the whole time being like, I cannot believe there is like, like, luckily I have like really good friends, but like, that was it. Like, you know. And so I think honestly, like, and I know this sounds like terrible, but like the best thing is to uh, start doing organizing with your friends, start forming mutual aid groups because it's not going to get done on the city level. And it's sad because sometimes I forget this is also a college town. Like we have a massive university, like, and sometimes I think like, how do like kids live in this city like if they go to the university of utah like Mm -hmm. so i just i just feel bad for so many people as a whole and i don't even make that much money but like i think just finding those mutual aid groups because it's not your life is not going to change for the better 
with the people we have elected on the municipal level. And yeah, I wish I can. Be, no, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's good advice. I, I mean, from my perspective, someone who like didn't really have much um, like knowledge really of mutual aid until I really saw it in action in 2020, I was like, damn, this shit rocks. And it like, I don't know. It, it's it's a bit of a two sided uh, two. What's I might be mixing more metaphors. Two sided coin there, but like you see the benefit. Like it's uh, it, it can provide so much benefit, but at the same time, it just really shines a light on like the glaring holes in like any in like any ostensible form of democratic government that we have, where it's like there really shouldn't be a need for this kind of thing to exist, but yet in this fucking country it like it has right. to because of like incredibly like the, the porousness of this whatever like remnants of a social safety net we have in this country like um it's crazy like i again it's insane like i the people that i've seen personally and that you've all seen and the, like the all, all the lengths that you've all have gone to and donations and whatever else volunteer time and a lot of people i know who are listening to this too all of that is just so incredibly impressive to me. And I'm so thankful that, are, that there are people that are willing to do that. I'm also like, why the hell do you we Like, does everyone have to do that? And not to say that, like, even if we did have those, it's like that sense of community isn't important. But it's like, you know, it really shouldn't be like people haven't should not have to like fall to this last line of defense that that, that we're creating. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's no, so it, ridiculous. Yeah, it, it shouldn't. Yeah. You know, at one point during the debate, I don't know if she told me this because we we sent out questionnaires to um, all the candidates and they all uh-huh. answered them to my surprise. Uh, which thank you if any of them are listening for answering them. But um, one thing she kept on mentioning, I think she talked about like this rent fund or this rent relief fund, yeah. and what she left out uh, something very important that if your landlord, so your landlord has to send something back for you to be provided with this money essentially. And if your landlord is under Colmore, they legally, they are not required to send that form back. So even for like that rent help fund, like you can still technically be disqualified for it if your landlord does not send a form back um, because they're legally not required to. So it was just like a lot of things. It was just like, yeah. So that was like, yeah. So that's why I'm like, just do mutual aid because we have like it's wild like we're the biggest city in the state and we just have nothing like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. uh it's it's pretty devastating and then just like you know i i don't know how much things could realistically change one way or the other like i i am more inclined um like when we talked to rocky on on the podcast there, there are things that like that we had in that conversation that I was like, yeah, that would that's like an objectively positive thing and and a good step forward. Who knows in practice like what what would actually change? I don't know how much of our trajectory is now being influenced by things outside of the mayor's control. Um, I'm not sure, but at this rate, like I have a hard time not thinking like I don't know. Mix it up, man. I don't care. Let's just get another this this seventy two year old dude. Let's send him back in there. Let's Woo-hoo. see what happens. We need a guy that can post, you know, gigantic walls of text on Twitter. I guess I have no idea. I, I don't feel comfortable being like, oh, like I love Rocky Anderson or anything. But it's just it's just so frustrating seeing just 
that line that we talked about, how close so many people are to homelessness, how many people are like are experiencing it and all of just the lack of support that that we all have, like as, as far as mutual aid can go, like there are a lot of services that mutual aid can't provide that a lot of people need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really hard to see so many people falling through the cracks and I just wish Rocky would stop talking about it as filth. My God, like, please stop doing yeah, that. Please I don't stop. know if Rocky listens to this. He still follows like all of us, I think. And at one point I know he was listening. So um, that would be really funny if he's listening to this one. Sorry. I'm not sorry, but man. DM yeah. the pod, Rocky. We know you're out there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he can come back on though if he really wants to. You know what really gets me more than anything is you know that there is this like progressive underswell to the entire community. Cause I mean, we saw when Bernie right. ran both yeah. times. And the fact that like there is this like milk toast, like democratic machine that's only dedicated to getting the most like boring neoliberal human beings elected possible or trying which, to get Republicans elected. Yeah. Which don't inspire anyone which really just lulls people to sleep it's like heroin it really is like it'll just like you just like nod off on it because that's all it ever does because you never ever push the envelope ever to like and they say like well we get along with the state now too you need to be combative to actually give people a choice to actually vote between something right. other than yourself and the republican that you get along with yeah. that's why every single time i see like any sort of like picture of like a candidate for an office and like Here's me and Jay Stewart Adams. We, you know, outside of office hours, we get along really well. It's like, I don't want to see that because I think he's a human garbage pail. If I have to see another like Troy Williams and Gail Rusica post, I'm going to, I'm just shutting it all down. Um, You have to differentiate yourself from your opponent to actually get people to vote for you which is why Democrats just flail all the time too. And I'm not saying it's something that you're going to do and win overnight. You're not. It's a generational project. You have to build. You are in hell. You have to dig out of hell one inch at a time. The real Mm -hmm. shooting up in this society, folks, the Utah Democratic Party. You heard it it here first. Oh, let's go. Wait, can I actually say something that will give me, this will probably get me in trouble. That's if okay. there's yeah. if there's any reason not to vote for Aaron Mendenhall, <laughs> it's if she wins re-election, she will probably be the biggest Democrat in the state and probably try to run for bigger office oh. if possible. So if <laughs> she is the most uninspiring was- human being I have ever listened to ever to. Like I listened to her interview on CityCast and I almost crashed my car from falling asleep. I, I don't <laughs> I, I don't know what anyone sees in her as a politician. Like she has nothing. There is no juice there. Yeah. It's uh I mean who 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 isn't turned on by the excitement of uh of of Pete Buttigieg style politics? It's just mm. it's my favorite. <laughs> Pete yeah, Buttigieg it, is like I don't know he's He's like Sinatra at the Caesar's Palace compared to Aaron Mendenhall. Like he can light up a room compared to her. Or turn the lights off and everyone flicker their lights if you remember that. That was a beautiful moment oh, we God. all had during that. Okay, Shoot so the, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up that I was thinking about, I, I can't remember which state it's in, but like there was this story that um, I, was, I was reading about. A, I think I seem to remember it being um, – what's his name? Is is Alex Salmon? Is, 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 he, is that a person? Alex Salmon. Yeah, he, he's a he's a writer at Slate. He wrote something a couple of years ago that was talking about like it was somewhere in the South, but there were these 
um, Republican like public service centers where like there were these like local Republicans who were in local um, positions in in government and whatever else that were setting up these like offices in like little town centers that were providing like public services and really <laughs> essentially to like disaffected voters and getting them to just like vote Republican, like really basic social services and kind of like mutual aid type stuff and getting these people to vote Republican. And it was working. Um, and I just like, Jordan, you talked about like this progressive, like underswell that exists and, the, and then Angela, like the lack of ground game here and the lack of desire to like build to, to try to like build something for the future. I don't know if it's just because people have short term ambitions for like um, what they want to accomplish, but like to see two. Well, now like three uh, campaigns trying to elect Republicans over other Republicans and the money and time and energy that's spent doing that, like literally uh, burning that money in a giant pit would have been a better use of it. But instead, right. like um, all of it was spent uh, failing to elect Republicans against other Republicans. But it's like makes me sick that that time and energy, money, whatever isn't spent like literally just doing the ba most basic things for people. And it really doesn't have to be like begging people for votes or whatever, but like money to just trying to like build actual foundations in a community instead of just these frivolous campaigns that amount to nothing and that are trying to get at people who elected who, you know, are anti-choice or whatever else, like especially in, in, in this day and age. It's just it makes you, me so sick because there is something here to be built upon and there just doesn't seem to be anyone involved in politics and like that has the power needed to like really build something. And it drives me nuts. It drives me so insane. I mean, what you're talking about is essentially like what machine politics used to be in like New York. Like that's what Tammany Hall would have been too. It's like, yeah, it's corrupt as hell, but at least you could go into your, like your local alderman or your councilman. Like, Hey, I, my road is unusable too. It's like, we'll take care of it. And it's done. And that's how like those machines maintain power forever is because people could actually go to them for, for resources. Yes. Once again, corrupt as hell, but at least there was material benefits to their, to their actual constituents that they could point to. And like, yeah, I'll keep voting for Tammany hall no matter what. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's something that's lost on this thing too. Like you, yeah, you can, you can do these things that actually supports people and actually makes people proud to be in their communities and also proud to also pitch in themselves, but you don't see that anymore. Like the standard, like Republic, the standard, like democratic party nowadays, especially in this state, the most like politically active people are the people who either one like to go to galas or they're like really old people who go to conventions. That's it. You have nothing else. And that's, can, and that's not a recipe for future success. I can talk about this for hours. <laughs> I will, Go off, I will say, please. To, to, to your point, Kyle, the most popular Democratic governor in this country is Andy Bashir in Kentucky because he likes Medicaid expansion. Yeah. Like, that's what makes him so popular. Like, so, yeah. and um, with the Democratic Party, and I'll probably get in trouble for this too, um, they just like losing. And this is something I've seen as someone, I think you guys know that I devote too much of my time to them. They just like losing. God bless you. Um, because it's, and like a lot of people see it as a step to get the fuck out of Utah. Yeah. Like, that's like, what worries okay. me. And that's like the vibe I get. 
Yeah, it's like, and I think about it too, like so many talented people that I know in political space that were progressive, they don't live here anymore. Yeah. And to the third point, and this is what really offends me, again, as a, like, as a Black woman, is when people do try to make these comparisons to what Utah can become, they compare it to states like Arizona and Georgia. And what is offensive about that to me is we don't have the demographics to do that. Like, no. yeah. that was built on the backs of like young Black and Brown people. Yeah. doing that we don't have that and so i remember I, I told someone this as a joke i was like why don't we aspire to be montana and someone thought like i was like bullshitting and i was like no like montana is a state with they just had a democratic governor recently they currently have a democrat in the senate and like we're more like demographically aligned with them and they're just like no we can't we can't do that we need to aim to be georgia and it's like that level of un- unserious is why we continue to lose yeah and it's like you look at like our prominent democrats in this state Ben McAdams, Jenny Wilson, and Aaron Mendenhall. And it's like, none of these are inspiring people. Like, these aren't people that are like, Losers. I don't know. Like, Especially in a state that Bernie overwhelmingly won in 2016 and 2020. Yeah. I mean, like, I just think about that 2020 race where, like, the entire Democratic, like, intelligentsia, like endorsed Buttigieg like the day before he dropped out and then Bernie still won like a plurality amongst like all the candidates and still won by like 20 points. Ben McAdams did go out on a limb and endorse Bloomberg. Let's not forget that. Well, yeah, that's because Bloomberg (laughs) bribed a bunch of mayors for years before he ran for office to try and get those endorsements. And... Also, they're both conservatives. Um, Actually, oh, one thing I was going to mention, I I don't, I don't, one thing I want to look into I know um, Montana has like a, a, a decent number of um, natives in their uh, like in their state house as well. Like I know I can't remember what the number is, but like they also have um, Zoe Zephyr represents Missoula and uh, as a trans woman. But yeah, I th- I think that's actually a good a good thing to aspire to. Um, to your point, Angela, is that like. We have much and, similar demographics to Montana. <laughs> and like I, the, the, the chairwoman for the Utah Democratic Party, every time she sees me, she thinks I'm a different person, which is just Jeez. another thing in itself. <laughs> like, she called me one time and we were having a conversation and I was like, why don't we have any ground games for the area surrounding our college campuses? Because yeah. like, that's like a thing that people pay attention to in every other state when it's election season. And um, she asked, she goes, well, what does that look like to you? And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? What does that look like to me? Like, you know, like when we're like watching elections and they like point to Michigan and they're like, these are the votes coming from Ann Arbor. These are the votes coming from Lansing. Like, what do you like? That's like a common thing in swing states. And she was like, let's talk about it next time we see each other. Swear to God. Next time I saw her, she didn't even know who I was. And I was like, we talked on the phone for 30 minutes about this. Like. What is going on? So yeah, no, there's, there's no, the, they want to, it's like they're chasing Reagan Democrats and it's mm-hmm. like the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was talking to someone and they're like, well, we have to appease the people that vote because the progressive vote has never won us anything in Utah. This is a very high profile Democrat that said this to me two weeks ago. And I'm just like, this is why we always lose. <laughs> like this yeah. sort of thinking and everyone at the top thinks like this. And this is why we never win anything. Like you don't give progressives anything to vote for. Right? Yeah, I and mean, we've talked about this so many times, but like 
Ben McAdams, uh, you know, championing himself as as the model for winning as a Democrat in Utah when he ran alongside medicinal marijuana and me- wait, it was and Medicaid expansion was on that yeah. ballot. And he won uh, despite those things because he took well, brave stances like I am more <laughs> anti-abortion than Mia Love. That's that is true. But like medicinal marijuana medicaid expansion he did it post himself he did post a picture with ilhan omar at the time after he won which is really funny uh people remember that but um and uh the independent redistricting i think were all on that same ballot if i remember correctly but anyway yeah uh that's i know we started this episode as being below pessimistic but above nihilistic and I'm I'm pretty confident I'm in the exact same spot I was before. Yeah, but also, we've, I've, I've, got, I've got to talk to my friends for a bit. So that's exciting for me. Um, man, OK, any <laughs> any parting words that we want to get off our chest? Angela, I know. I mean, you think you've already got yourself in some trouble. Any anything else you want to cook on for a minute? Um, I think. As a society, more specifically in Utah, we need to bully our politicians more. Love that. Hey. We're very much in favor of men. <laughs> Those are my parting words. Official, unofficial, fourth mic right here. Yeah, that's, that's been the BYM stance for a while, actually. <laughs> None of these people should be able to have much peace. I'm 100% good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yell at them until they cry. Get out there and vote. Yeah, we are we are we're kind to our neighbors and we bully politicians. Is the uh, a we need that on stance. a shirt? That actually is a pretty good shirt idea. <laughs> Love thy neighbor, bully thy politician. Damn. Okay, I do need I to make more decals. I, I might need, start we designing make, we something. Make that. Yeah, That's big watch good. this space energy, folks. <laughs> Jordan, Greg, anything from you guys before we close out? No, I think this is a really good conversation we had about the real state of what municipal and state level politics are in this uh, area. It's um, it's bleak, folks. Um, yeah, mutual aid. The, the the official stance is it's bleak out there. Do mutual aid instead. Yes, but there's also, not a lot to log be optimistic and go about. outside. But also, there yeah. is a certain level too where you might actually be able to supplant some of these people because they're they're weak. They're incredibly weak, especially at like a state or county level party. So, you know, what? it's funny you, you mentioned that because I know Angela has someone in mind. But, uh, I've yeah. been bullying him for like a year and a half. Just leaving me on red. My God. <laughs> I so said good. after grad school. Oh, almost done. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Well, folks, thank you all for listening. Uh, We appreciate your, your support, and we will see you all next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We got a title of the episode.